It's important to have that vision to stay positive and to tap into that energy. Because when, when you're positive about something and you have this vision and you bring that excitement, you can get buy-in. This episode of ScopeMD highlights innovative approaches in the community hospital and clinic setting. From robots to art to innovative management techniques, find out how innovative changes in practice can make big impact. Joining me today is Laura Templin-Hawk, Lab Manager at Hutchinson Health in Hutchinson, Minnesota. Laura, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'd like to start our conversation highlighting the robot that you use at your institution. How are you using a robot at your hospital and clinics? We have a robot, his name is Spencer, who uh, travels our hallways between the clinic and the hospital laboratory and also between the oncology care location and our lab to deliver specimens back and forth. And why did you decide to get a robot to do that particular function for you? Typically in laboratories, the utilization of a pneumatic tube system is what is transporting the specimens between different floors and, and different uh, departments and sometimes even different buildings. This is very similar to a bank uh, transaction in which they put a little cartridge and it sucks it through the tube system and, and delivers it. Our facility is older and a, a tube system was never installed from the beginning. Logistically, it would made it very difficult to install all of the tubing and the pipes that are needed to be able to facilitate a pneumatic tube system. So it, it gets to be very expensive. Our building wasn't really capable of that either. And it also landlocks you in a particular area. So wherever you set up that tube system, everything has to congregate around that. And all of your workflows are dependent on wherever that tube system was situated in the laboratory. We needed more flexibility than that. And the expense that was necessary to put in that tube system it just was something that wasn't feasible for our organization. They weren't willing to invest for that. But that still left us with the problem of transporting specimens and, and how do we use staff for that? There was recommendations, should we use volunteers? How do we get these specimens from one place to the next? And yet let our staff also work to the maximum of their capabilities and put that focus on drawing patients and not walking specimens between one area to the next. So we, we wanted to look for other alternatives and the robot gave us this opportunity to be very flexible. We could change our location. We just had to map out a different uh, different route and, and gave us a lot of flexibility to transport those specimens and then also not to have to devote an employee towards doing those, those menial tasks. What are some of the capabilities of the robot? He, and I'm sorry, I, we refer to him as a he because he's a whole new member of our laboratory. Spencer has... Um, is very small and sleek in design. And uh, once he opens, when he opens up there, there's a empty chamber in there, probably about the size of a, a regular cooler, probably fit a 12 pack of soda or something in there. And then the, the lid will close and it locks and allows it for secure access to be able to prevent any unknown, unwanted access into the unit. And, and it transports in between the systems. We could use it for medications. Um, there are some other organizations that are using it in their pharmacy. We use it specifically just for lab. We have expanded that as well to deliver specimens from the surgery. And those are irretrievable specimens that we cannot chance losing. But yet we trust Spencer to be able to transport those between those the surgery and laboratory. Is Spencer able to manipulate elevators or is he bound to a single level? 
Yes, that is one thing. Our organization is primarily one floor, but oncology is in the basement. So he does have to navigate long corridors and uh, the elevator. He calls the elevator himself and then enters, rides the elevator to whichever floor he needs to and then exits. Uh, he also can open up doors. So if the door, if a door has automated a sensor, he can tap into that system and wirelessly call those doors to open as well. So the unit that we chose was first uh, marketed to the concierge, the hotel industry for concierge service. So hotels tend to be a slightly smaller map than what Hutchinson is. We're rather spread out. Most hotels are you know just up one floor and you're kind of going around about a square block or so. For us, we are we're quite spread out, um, and that was challenging for the um, the company to have to piece a, a number of maps in between for him to keep traveling all of these distances. But yes, he can go up elevators. Uh, he is able to sense things that are in the hallways. He has three different ways in which he travels. Uh, he has the GPS, the sonar. And the light detection helps him navigate the hallway. So if someone puts a chair in the hallway that wasn't on the GPS map, it'll be able to sense that through the sonar and the light changes. And he'll stop and reroute, move around, and then continue on with his, with his journey. So if you have any patients that happen to step in his pathway, he will stop. Um, he won't run them over. How have patients responded to having a robot in the hallways? Actually, some of the most entertaining moments are to watch children particularly children and elderly both seem to like him particularly the first year or so i i'd hear little squeals oh there's spencer and oh i've heard about him so uh, there's been he's created a lot of buzz in our small community hutchinson has about I would, less than 20,000 residents in this community we had a naming contest to determine what his name would be and we opened that up to the community they chose five five names and then the laboratory chose out of that five which name to choose. Someone had suggested specimen dispenser, which short was Spencer, which we really liked. So it was actually quite a community event bringing Spencer into our organization. And how has staff responded to Spencer? They actually fight over him, to be honest. Um, we only have one. Uh, we really could use two because um, our oncology patients for those lab results to determine how much chemo to give. So as soon as an oncology patient comes, they will call Spencer. He'll go travel down the hallway, down the elevator, and sit and wait for those specimens to come. And at the same time, the staff over at the clinic are patiently waiting for him to come back from his long oncology trip because they want to be able to use him for all of the clinic patients that have been going through. So um, he's definitely a popular, uh, a popular addition to our staff. Do you think your institution will use robots in different ways in the future? Any discussion about that? Uh, that's a good question. Right now, right now with COVID, everything has kind of turned everything up on end. But we, we do have a new unit being built, a new med surge wing. And so we are expanding to provide care down that hallway. Spencer has actually, with the COVID concern and the PPE issue, we're trying to minimize how many patients are interacting with these COVID patients. And so transporting, gather, getting the specimen, the NP specimen from the pr practitioners needs to get back to the lab somehow. And we have been starting to deploy him to urgent care to occasionally pick up a specimen there to try to minimize how many people are interacting with those specimens and, and the handoff. The inside of Spencer can be cleaned very easily. He's got a removable mat now inside that um, allows for proper cleaning in between those types of high-risk specimens that are being delivered. And, and so he has added another um, avenue 
that we would have never thought of before this pandemic to transport those specimens. What vendor did you decide to go with? Um, we chose, Savioc was the initial company that developed the relay system. And they were bought out, or this particular Swiss log has always been in the healthcare field. So when Savioc has, Savioc was originally in the hotel service, when they wanted to expand and reach out into the healthcare world, they partnered with Swiss log, who Swiss log is the primary vendor for pneumatic tube systems. So this just gave them, they also saw the opportunity of providing a different type of care. Um, in the transport system. So SwissLog is is the main vendor that we're working through. So before before you brought the robot in-house, did you try to reach out to patients or patient groups to see if there'd be any concerns? That, that was um, being a community hospital and much of this talk, you're going to find that theme of community. It's very important to have that community engagement. We need to have them partner with our decisions. We have a a council called the PFAC is Patient Family Advisory Council, which we tend to go through, go to when we have questions about changing care or getting the perspective of the patients as to how would they perceive certain changes or do certain changes need to be made. So when we were, when I was first exploring this, I went, first I went to the foundation group. Um, a foundation is also a mix of medical and um, community business members to ask for financial support for this. And I was actually turned down by the foundation. And so that shelved this, uh, this topic for a while. Um, but then I was asked to come out to the, the PFAC and discuss it with them. And this was more patient centric of a group. And when I proposed and I brought in um, a demo, showed what Spencer would look like, asked their perspective, they were extremely excited. So I, I was I was a little surprised. The foundation was what I had expected for our community. We have a very conservative older population. So it didn't surprise me that the foundation had turned us down. But the excitement level of the PFAC group sort of renewed the energy to pursue this more. I also was looking at a different vendor originally with the foundation. And that, that vendor is more of an offstage type of a unit used more in industry of transporting carts and such. And it's more to be behind the scenes. And it was a bit intrusive. Um, I tried to get, find the smallest version that they have and it was okay. But when we were um, presented with, when SwissLog approached me and, and showed me their version of and how it's operating in the hotel, it was exactly what I was looking for because it was sleek, um, non-intrusive. He, he would do his little chirps. Um, and get out of the way. And he almost looks like a really tall Roomba. I had one patient actually, um, when that very first week when it was here, I was sitting next to this patient in the waiting room and, and I was watching Spencer as he was um, making sure that he got to where he needed to. And this patient says to me, yes, my, my daughter has one of those that runs at night. And then it took a little while to realize he was talking about a Roomba, which it does, the, but the bottom piece does look like a Roomba, but you know, it, it's quite tall. Um, the biggest thing is that he was non-intrusive, um, that he could just sort of fit in. Um, might catch somebody off guard, like, oh my goodness, there's a robot running down the hallway. But it wasn't as large as that original unit that I was looking at. So when I had shown the PFAC, they were very excited about it as well um, and just embraced it and gave me the courage to approach the topic again. Yeah, well, good for you. It sounds like it's been a great fit for your institution. 
it has. It, it really has. I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk to you about uh, the work that your team has done in your phlebotomy areas as far as reaching out to high schools or other schools and incorporating their art. Can you talk a little bit about that? So community is, is huge. Community was a big uh, factor in bringing Spencer to us. In our, in our laboratory, you know, we, we really, our walls are so drab. Uh, we have an old, we had an old a poster that's quite a few years old of puppies and was told you can't get rid of that poster because that's what the patients all talk about is are these puppies. Well, I, I wanted more. I, I wanted something else in there. And so I had reached out to the high school art teacher and she was very excited. All I had to do was she asked me to get about six frames and every quarter she would bring in some artwork of the high school students. And so we have one wall that is devoted to um, the talent within the Hutchinson community. And it gets changed out every quarter. Uh, she actually doesn't even tell me when she does it. So it's a nice little surprise. You come in and, oh my goodness, it's different. Um, but to see the talent that's in this community is is very uplifting and to be able to share that and, and really make our organization a part of the community that they are impacting our decisions. I make a point as well as participating with the high school they have. Uh, the high school has a program called Tiger Path, which they have different realms of, of preparing their high schoolers to enter into the workforce and start to explore different um, avenues of the profession. And laboratory is an area that there's not as many of us, so I don't think the, the nation hears how short we are um, in terms of staffing and finding replacement techs, it can take me almost a year to fill an open tech position. So getting an awareness is so important. And starting just with phlebotomy can be really helpful is to open up people's eyes to understand the opportunities that are there. So we have partnered with the high school and we, we do regular presentations on the lab. We're looking at possibly ex starting a phlebotomy program, similar to when the high schoolers will attend CNA courses, certified nursing assistants. This would also give them a different opportunity to become phlebotomists, can give them a, a nice paying job while they're in college, putting themselves through school, give good, great experience for whether they want to go into lab or nursing or any of those realms. It's a good way to get our foot into the door. Last fall, we had a high school event in which um, it was about a thousand high schoolers from around the different communities came to Ridgewater College to experience the, the different events or the, the different occupations that are available. And we had lab was set up and we had a testing site where the students could come in and, and figure out their own blood type. And uh, rumor has it that she had 400 that went through just the lab part. It was it was the most popular event there. So everybody wants to know their blood type. So it was a great way to introduce laboratory science to the high schoolers as well. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. How have, how have the patients responded to the high schooler artwork on the walls? They love it. Uh, honestly, you know, it's, it's, it's a great distraction for them to think of something else while they're you know, getting a blood draw. Um, it's a great a conversation starter. Uh, and, and it brings a lot of pride to be able to say, these are kids that are in our community. This is what we're supporting. And, and um, these are the kids we're raising together. That's fantastic. Well, I'd like to um, end our conversation talking about innovative management techniques. What are some techniques you've used with your lab staff that you feel like they've really responded to? 
The most important is to tap into their passion. And that's what I find with, you know, when they talk about millennials and Xers and boomers and and those, what I'm finding more and more is the younger staff that are coming in, they want to have purpose and they need to fulfill some sort of desire or passion that they have. Um, and, and through rounding and regular conversations with the, st- the staff is to ask them what interests them. What would make you feel more valuable as though you're more of a contributor to this team? And what can we tap into with that? And having a culture of continual learning and continual change is a part of the culture of our team. Well over, I would say about 75% of my staff have either have pursued education while working with us, whether it was someone off the street just became phlebotomy and going to become a tech, going for nursing, getting their master's degree um, in laboratory science. So many of them have expanded on their passions for that and, and it's supporting and having them engaged. Uh, we have a lab unit council, and this is a group where they will come together representing all of the shifts, talk about their concerns, um, coming up with proposals, and then bringing those proposals to myself and the supervisor, giving them the opportunity to have stake in the game and to have say it is really important for them to feel engaged, feel like they're making a difference. What have, what have you noticed doesn't work? food. <laughs> the funny, it's, it's funny. It's, it seems like in the past you used to be able to, um, oh, let's have pizza day or something. And, and I can't get anybody to eat pizza anymore. So <laughs> they want healthy options. So it, it's funny. It's, it's, they're, they're a lot more work to try to motivate, but it's, it's very rewarding when you are able to tap into that. And finally, what advice do you have for someone who hears your story about, you know, how you try to bring the robot in? At first, it wasn't really received, and then you brought it back, and then there was excitement about it. What advice do you have for someone who's thinking about an idea but a little bit scared about suggesting it? It's important to have that vision to stay positive and to tap into that energy. Because when when you're positive about something and you have this vision and you bring that excitement, you can get buy-in with that excitement and not to not to give up. I was ready to shelf that after the reaction from the foundation, but it, it just took one more one more uh, interaction with another group that renewed that initial excitement that I had. And and finding those people that support you, finding the people that see that same vision that you do. Uh, I'm I, I want to be with an innovative group. I want to do innovative things. COVID right now is giving us opportunities to change the way that we're providing care. I know it can be very scary with everything that's happening with the pandemic right now, but I also think about how much innovation that's happening. Uh, We are being forced to come up with new ways to provide care, and we are going to come up out of this stronger. So having that positivity and that that vision and sharing, sharing that with others and get excited about that really can help you help you achieve that strategic vision that you're looking for. Thanks for listening to this episode of Scope MD. Check out the show notes for a YouTube link highlighting Spencer in action. If you enjoyed this episode of Scope MD, please consider writing a review or sharing the episode with a friend. 